is your host Q. I am joined by my uh, my good friend uh, Karthik. And this is one to have on for a very long time. Um, Moses, uh, aka uh, Dot Scholar on Twitter. How's everybody doing? How you all? I'm doing all right, Q. Can you hear me all right? Just doing a check. I yep, I can hear you just fine. And yeah. Thought Scholar, I, I, I miss your name, but uh, it's nice to meet you. I've been like following you for a while, and, uh, and and it's really nice to have you on the show. Thank you. Can can everybody hear me? Yep. Okay. Yeah, we can hear you. So, uh, man, this has got to be like my least favorite discourse, but it, it pops up every uh, it pops up every like three or four weeks, like a bad rash or some shit, and that's a. Uh, Flyout discourse. Uh, for anybody who's not familiar, flyout discourse is okay. So basically, like, imagine going on a blind date with somebody, right? Except that uh, not only are you going on a blind date to like I don't know, like a coffee shop or uh, like a restaurant, even uh, going out for a walk in the woods. No, no. What you're doing is you're letting somebody buy you a plane ticket. You get on a plane. You fly to somewhere meet the person who bought you the ticket and then you stay with that person wherever they happen to live or, or wherever they're staying. Maybe like you go off to like a destination that's, you know, uh, not in either of your hometowns, but the idea is 
you're staying with that person. You, you may may not have even met that person before. You know, you, you might have been like talking over a uh, uh, you know, course of like a few weeks or even a couple of months. Might even let them like give you money, shit. Um, but there a a a a, 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 a clip that was posted originally on TikTok went viral. Um, where some dude that was holding the camera got very upset that uh, a lady that he apparently had like given over $5,000 to and had flown out to the vacation or to the uh, destination spot where they were staying, well, she wasn't going to put out. <sighs> and then Twitter lost its collective fucking mind. And in, in my opinion, I mean, this is kind of what happens when you marketize relationships, when it's kind of like the inevitable byproduct of like our Tinder culture, where um, people aren't so much people as they are like commodities, accessories to our lives. And, you know, people are able to generate a certain amount of clout by having dudes spend money on them. And dudes are able to generate a certain amount of clout by being able to buy women out and just be able to like, yo, I, I was able to bag this IG model. And these, I mean, to me, the entire thing is insanely stupid. And not only, not only just stupid, but like personally risky as well for reasons that we'll get into. But uh, Moses, you you had some interesting thoughts on the matter, and people were not having it. What, what did you say? I said a bunch of shit. I wish I had taken screenshots of it, to be honest. But <laughs> I know that there's a million screenshots out there somewhere because I'm like hated and debated. But um, I remember saying that common sense isn't common anymore. And I guess just that one line pissed a couple of people off and or confused them because whatever. Anyway, I wrote that common sense isn't common anymore. And I said, you know, to summarize that, like my grandma used to tell me all the time not to leave the house to go anywhere with my friends without having any money with me in case something happened or to go out with a man and that I don't know already. And to like, always have like $50, like my grandma always slipped $50 in my pocket and, you know, tell me to take my ID, you know, just to be safe. And honestly, I really feel like, well, what really upset people, I guess, is that I said that if you're going to fly out on somebody else's dime, the expectation is that you're going to have sex in certain, in most situations. Especially when it's someone you don't know and they know you from like, you know, your pictures on Instagram or that, you know, like you all haven't really been out together yet, whatever. Then you always want to have a backup plan. And I said this from the perspective of a sex worker that like, you know, I've gone out with, I've been around a lot of men that were strangers, a lot of women that I didn't know. And I've been in a lot of different places and I used to be a traveling stripper. So like I used to stay with men sometimes and y'all was always taking a risk. So I always had like little backups just in case. You know, if I even if I didn't have the money to stay somewhere else, I had the I had someone else that I could stay with should things go awry and that type of thing. And so I guess that people said that I was being like or phobic because I was highlighting that it's always a risk to go out with a stranger in another state. <laughs> and um, I don't know, somehow I ended up becoming a CIA agent, um, a groomer, a predator. My partner became a rapist. I don't. I don't know. It's a lot. A lot of stuff was happening. Holy smokes! Okay, so just so we're clear, what we're uh, talking about here, I'm going to drop the. Uh, I'm going to drop the, uh, the the Twitter 
Um, I'm gonna drop the, uh, the the link to the uh, the Twitter post here, and I'm gonna I'm gonna play the audio. And you all, first of all, let me know if you can hear it, because like sometimes the uh, audio doesn't always work when I when I play like uh, screenshots or um, uh, shared media from the computer. But uh, we'll we'll cross our fingers on this one. Yeah, we can't hear anything. It's just me or you can't hear it, right? Yeah, I can't hear it either. Can't hear it? Oh my goodness. All right. Well, you know, I gave it the old college try. I gave it the college try. Um, I, okay. You know what? Why don't I, I'm going to do one. I'm going to do this. All right. I'm going to like, uh, try to do a, a quick little thing, my computer, uh, to pipe the audio in. But, uh, in the meantime, Karthik, did you want to give your take on it? Also, uh, uh, you know, while we do this, we're waiting, we're waiting for, we're waiting for, uh, for Mike Tanavasa, who I am not even sure why he's not able to join the room, but that's all. Of it. Oh, there he is. He is in the room. I, yeah. I just can't invite is. him to be a speaker. Yeah. Okay. All right. I go with your invitation to uh, to become a speaker. All right, sorry, Kartik, you go ahead. All right, so uh, I just I just think I first of all want to say that I I'm priced out of this conversation. I can't fly myself out anywhere, so <laughs> I don't think I uh, have any kind of bearing to weigh in on uh, whom to fly out. Like I think like I'm coming at it like uh, from a from a purely like class based perspective where. Uh, if I don't have money to fly anywhere myself, then I think that I would first of all not fly anyone else out, uh, unless like they were my family or my partner or uh, at least like a a person that I'm like serious with, uh, because like it's precious money that I can't just like throw around. So I feel like in a kind of way, my morality in this conversation is like very circumstantial, and uh, I'm fortunate for that reason because I can't like you know even weigh in from a hypothetical uh, what if standpoint. And I think like you kind of, in, in a way, this conversation I feel like is both long and short because like you can go to no end about this, but also at the same time, it's really short because uh, you've, you said it right at the beginning that it's, it's, it's what happens when relationships are turned completely uh, marketized and transactional that uh, uh, you're, kind of missing out on the first step, which is that like there needs to be communication and like clarity of communication as well as like a certain element of trust and accountability between the two people involved, like uh, if not for which the entire world would get involved in the conversation. And that's what's happening uh, because the the basic quantum of like human uh, accountability, trust and like just pure communication wasn't there between the two individuals in question. So everybody else now gets a chance to weigh in. Uh, but I was also, it's it's interesting uh, to hear uh, a, a term such as common sense. I know it's, you're not saying it in a loaded sort of way, but uh, can you maybe like, you know, uh, clarify what you, uh, Moses, what you, what you refer to when you say common sense? Because like, I'm, I feel like that's all, that automatically becomes a point of attack for a lot of people who uh, might want to say common sense according to whom. For me... Common sense, and like that's why I said common sense isn't common because like the thing is is that like this is something that a lot of working class or 
or poor people would be told. And a lot of black people are poor and working class. And so this is just something that I grew up knowing in a certain sense. And the people around me who were raised in similar environment also grew up knowing these things. And I had this conversation with a friend recently because of everything that happened and how it blew up. And like, they, this friend is middle class. So they're like, you know, well, you know, a lot of people wouldn't know that because a lot of the people around them didn't know those things. So common sense is sort of like a sense of your environment and culture and tradition and like sort of like a collection of truisms that you might think that are common sense because they are to you and a lot of other people, but for other people, their common sense is different. And then we sometimes, you know, we all have a collective common sense. So I guess there's like levels to that shit. Uh, you know, what? what is like interesting is that like uh, it's, it's ultimately a class conversation, I feel like, and uh, the, the kind of uh, people who are getting mad at you for like articulating the simple fact or like, you know, even the people who got mad at the original poster, a disproportionate amount uh, are likely the kind of people who feel like guys should have that kind of money lying around uh, or else like, you know, you shouldn't have to be dealt with at all. And like, I feel like there's a certain element uh, of that involved or am I like, you know, being too presumptuous about this, like that, uh, that the guy should, uh, I mean, one of the reasons why like we're even having this conversation is because like the amount of money and uh, investment, quote unquote, that goes into uh, flying somebody out is the kind of thing that like uh, an average person can't just like afford uh, to just throw around. So if you don't have, in other words, like if you don't have that much money to throw around, why are you even, you know, trying to be in in that trying to play that role of a, of a guy who like, you know, like, like the 50 shades of gray dude who'll just send a helicopter and be like, I'll bring you to my palace kind of uh, character. Like right. then just like, you know, shut up and don't attempt to do something like that. Mm-hmm. I, uh, uh, oh. Right. Well, here's, here's, here's my thing. My grandmother, who I love very much, um, used to give me a piece of advice and she would say this. Don't ever go shuck up with, with, she didn't say woman, with gal then. We go out at night time with wet pum pum and dry wallet. <laughs> Basically, I mean, you, you, can, you, can get, you can get what you're trying to say from that. Don't ever go shuck up with girls that, that go out at night time with wet pum pum and dry wallet. Meaning, uh, yeah, it, it, it's A, if you're a woman, don't go put yourself in that situation where you're out. You might be stranded if this, like, if not for the person that you're depending on for your uh, for your lodging. And two, as a guy, don't go to don't go to hook up with somebody who's going to be dependent on you that way. Like, the, I I don't want to seem like oh whatever the fuck people are going to say I'm blaming the victim anyway. But really, there's no victim here. They're both idiots. But why would you go and spend that kind of money on somebody that you don't know that you haven't met before? You're setting yourself for like a while, like you're setting yourself for, for as an easy lick. Like you get set, set up so easy. Find somebody out, even if it's like to like a, a, a vacation spot. I mean, who's to say that she's not bringing people like you've already given this person thousands of dollars. Who's to say that they're not bringing somebody to, 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 to jump you at the hotel or even worse. There's dudes that will like fly women out to their house where they live. Stay with them for days at a time. Again, 
How are you not setting yourself to like? Have you never listened to Little Wayne? That that uh, what's that song called? Mona Lisa. Have you have you not have you not heard these songs? And and, and as for the, uh, the the Instagram model that uh, that accepted the, uh, the the flyout ticket and was you know she was uh, she was obviously upset because this guy was expecting sex from her, which I mean I don't know why you would expect sex from anybody, but she's you know sitting on the uh, she's sitting on the bed and she's like obviously texting upset. Uh, you know, she says she doesn't want to be touched, and she's not into this guy. But why would you? Why would you accept being flown out? Like, why would you accept the ticket? Why would you stay in the same hotel room? Like, not, like all I'm gonna say is, Ted Bundy would be putting up fucking Kobe numbers on this generation. I, I <laughs> like, I, 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 I'll also explain it. The, the that's that's probably the bottom line. Uh, by the way, Q, I just uh, wanted to say I sent you the clip. Uh, in case you want to play it, I sent an MP3 version. Okay. Well, I'll say one good. thing. I, I don't know if you guys remember Birdman from Miami Heat. He he did fly out a girl, and she uh, and she ended up accusing him of having child support, uh, child porn on his computer, which he didn't have. But he got raided by the FBI, and for a couple of months, a lot of people assumed that he was a child. They that he was holding child pornography because he was fucking around with someone that he didn't know. I don't even remember that. It was I like do, about I a few. No, I do. I do remember Birdman and being very annoyed by him during the height of his career. I didn't know that that happened. That's wild. Yeah, it's a pretty messed up situation. I mean, to be honest, it for me. I mean, I wouldn't fly a bitch out in the first place, but if I did fly a bitch out, I'm expecting that we're going to be smashing. Um, probably going to be Coach or Greyhound. You probably would have established that ahead of time. Like, it probably would just be known that by the time that you two are comfortable enough with each other, that you're going to fly her out. So, I don't know, man. First of all, I wouldn't be flying anybody out anywhere, so this is kind of hard for me to yeah. wrap my head around. But by the time you actually get to that point, you're probably already talking about you're probably already talking about sex, right? Like this isn't some sort of unspoken agreement. It's like you two have already like had that conversation. You know what I mean? Like you're not exactly beforehand. Like what are we actually going to be doing? Like you know, you travel anywhere. You that's the first thing you do. You kind of have at least like a set of five things that you're going to be like doing, and it's like okay, we're going to go get breakfast here, lunch here, etc. Like if that's not even something that comes up, then uh, I don't know what kind of conversation they're having to begin with. Like, I'm, I'd actually like to see what conversation that they had. Because, like, what are you talking about when you're going so far as to fly somebody out and this level of basic, you know, foundation or ground rules have not been established? Well, for me, like, it's normal to hear about athletes and rappers do it because, you know, they fly out Instagram thoughts because a lot of them can be trusted to keep their mouth shut because they've been with other athletes and rappers and they didn't. Why do they keep their mouth shut, bro? I've never seen that. Well, I mean, like... In any given NBA season, that's just all we hear about. See, though. That's yeah, Brady Renner didn't keep the, one, the mouth shut. The that's, ones that's that the shit. ones that be quiet, you don't really you don't see them. You don't see them around. They're just not speaking on that shit at all. And then there's some people that just can't help themselves. Yeah, because I think a lot of these girls they do fall in love, and then they and then they get cheated on, and then they feel some type of way for for good reason. And you know, all of a sudden, you know, words start spilling out your mouth once that happens. 
But it is weird to me that regular dudes are doing this, you know? Um, especially, like, if you're a working-class dude, you, you can't afford to be doing this. And if you have money, like, why can't you just go to a club and pick up a girl or go get a prostitute? Like, it don't it don't really make any sense that you need to, like, meet someone online that's, like, 5,000 miles away and then fly her out to you. Like, like there's something wrong with you if you if you can't meet someone in your city, if you can't meet someone in your block, you can't meet someone in your neighborhood, because ain't nobody. It's kind of like a situation where you're like in high school when you're saying when guys would be like, yeah, I got a girlfriend, but she's in Canada. Well, no one believes that shit because it's weird. I, I mean, I personally think, just like I said before, I think it's uh, is pretty much because uh, guys are trying to, they're trying to flex, right? They're trying to show um, how much value they have to other guys. They're trying to show how much value they have to women by basically spending money that they don't really have. Um, like, you, you see a lot of guys when they when they go out and spend money. I mean, they're always, like, leveraged out to the hilt. They, they're, like, deep in, like, whether it's, like, mortgage debt or credit card debt or whatever, but they're they're spending money that they obviously do not have to spend. And there, there is uh, some social cachet in being able to bag an Instagram model. Now, like personally for me, it's not something that I really care about. I don't really, I've never gotten like showing off your boys, you know, how well known your girl is. It's for me, it's like any kind of relationship that I have that's between me and my partner. I don't use my partner as a jumping off point to, uh, to impress my friends. That's, that's always seemed kind of lame to me, but there, uh, I don't know, man. I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying, Michael. But I understand where these guys are coming from, and I find that in, like it's like the height of insecurity to use the person the, to use a person that you are. I was I in a relationship with, but somebody that you're having sex with as like a tool to impress other dudes. It's almost like like why are you as a man trying to impress other men? You know what I mean, well, I mean, if we're being honest, that shit happens all the time. Man. Everybody's trying to impress impress other people in some fashion or another. And everybody's insecure, no matter like who you are, no matter how confident you sound, no matter how how like successful you are, you're insecure about something. Because you know, all of our childhoods fuck us up. But as far as like impressing dude, yeah, you know, a lot of men spend a lot of time just trying to impress other guys. Almost uh, thanks to by the way, thanks to Karthik's. diligence here i actually do have the clip that i can just like play from my soundboard so i'm just gonna play this real quick and then we'll uh, head to the calls uh and i see that uh colonel covid gaddafi uh, aka twadros is in the queue so let's go play this real quick let me let me explain to y'all let me explain to y'all let me let me explain to y'all the story i flew this way from mother it went out First of all, hold on, hold on, hold on. I spent first she told me she don't even fly spear, right? The tell me she don't fly spear. Like no. like she like you okay, so I get her mother so I get her mother Delta. That's damn near six, seven hundred last minute, right? Okay. So plus her bags, check in, all that shit. We go get her the Uber, all that shit. Then I'm damn near at two G's already. So we get here. First night I'm being a I'm being a whole gentleman. I've been a whole gentleman. Have you not have I not been a gentleman to you though? Have I not done anything? Yes. But you should have knew what it was if I flew you out here, though. Oh, 
Why come out here then? So y'all, this is the Instagram model. You know what? I ain't gonna even be no petty ass. Put your name on there like that. Okay, so why the would you come halfway across the country knowing you didn't want to on that? I ain't say you did. You know what it was though. You knew what it was. You want to spend money? I spent five G's on you. What are you talking about? Five G's. What are you talking about? So look, she did. Oh, let me talk. Shut up. Shut up. Did we? So we about to go eat, right? So Shorty, tomorrow she hungry. So Shorty, call, call him, call him, pack all this shit. I'll help you. I'll help you leave. Pack all this bum shit up. Pack all this shit. Pack, pack all that shit up. It's really about the money because it's the same. Anyway, we don't have we don't have to finish that clip. You, you the bleeds take me back to my childhood. <laughs> Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. Ah, yes, I can I can vision now. I'm sick as a dog. My dad has let me stay home. He bought me a Gatorade, a Mad Magazine. Ah, great times. Anyway, I just want to get this out of my system real quick about my observations. I agree with everything you're saying, but there's one other element that Michael reminded me of that made me think about this because I. It's something I heard listening to, um, well, Joe Button's podcast back when uh, Rory and Maul was still on it, but this is, it'll make sense. I remember someone on there mentioning something to the effect of, guys are doing this kind of shit because I think, because, and I, and I, and I want to preface this by saying I don't believe this, I think it's stupid, but I understand where the observation is coming from, but it is... They said, like, basically, they're doing this kind of stuff because I fe they feel like guys are feeling like celebrities are, like, bored with, like, all the Instagram models who so are just going down and just taking other dudes women. Like, I don't know if anyone remembers hearing about this, but, like, a few months back, some dude was talking shit about Drake on Twitter, and he just flowed this dude's uh, fiancé out. And I'm just sitting there like, no, dude, you, you dodged a bullet there, like like move on with your goddamn life but it's also like i think that's what's going on here is like some of these guys are feeling like the ground is closing but with the reality is it's like no you idiot reality is setting in you yeah it's a fair point right like in a kind of way uh i mean it's a rude lesson like maybe you should have just like stopped filming and like not filmed at all and like actually realized that like this is basically the universe uh, yeah, yeah, like I'm, like I'm, like to quote to quote my grandfather, the one time he saw my dad getting mad at my mom about this, he said to him, and I quote, "Boy, calm down. You're just gonna, you're just gonna cry and go whack off later." <laughs> that, tell me I'm wrong. Is he not? Is he, is he not? Does he not have the energy like that? That's exactly what he he did as soon as he left and the bike went off, the camera went off. Anyone? No, no, check, check, check this out, check this out. So, like, when when the guy's, uh, when he's, like, yelling, right, and she's, like, trying to get a word in edgewise, and he's telling her, shut up, shut up, shut up. Like, dude, what were, what were you expecting here? Like, dude, you're you're basically putting her on blast on social media. Essentially, you're just, like, begging, sitting up and begging for sex. Why why would you do that to yourself? Like, regardless of whether she's, whether, regardless of whether you, she's, whether you believe that she's in the wrong or not, and frankly, like, at any point that she decides, yeah, you know what, I'm really not down for it. Like, I'm not, I'm not into it. You know what that kind of... That's your right. At the, at the very same time, that it's her right to say, like, yeah, you know what, I really don't want to have sex. Like, that's just all. I'm not feeling it right now. Or at all. You're right. It's also just right to be like, oh, okay, well, um, bye. 
he can just go and enjoy the rest of the vacation by himself. Like he's under no obligation to continue accommodating her. But the, like, want- to me, this, this is like two adults that are trying to plead their case to the internet that they should not have like adult sensibilities and responsibilities. If she's going to be outside, absolutely, absolutely, she should have enough money to be able to get herself accommodations if it doesn't work out. At the very same time, you should have enough sensibility that hey, maybe this isn't going to work out. Maybe it's better that we just don't hang out together for the rest of the weekend or the week or however long they spend it together. Q, the, the the quote you said from the quote you said from your grandmother was hilarious because I've heard oh, similar yeah. things. I've heard yeah. similar things, but from my I guess you could say on again, off again girlfriends like family sometimes saying that because she's like uh, Jamaican, so she her family says some shit like that too. So that was yeah. funny, and. Second, I want to leave off with these two last things. Number one, I, ju- I, I feel bad for him on some level, but not enough to say he's right. It's just like, I've been there, but it's also like, this is a bad way to handle this thing that happens in every man's life. It's just like, come on. And, and two, and two, and, I, and this is one for Moses. I wanted to leave off in here is what do you, what in your opinion is the dumbest re, uh, reply you've seen on Twitter that I just want to hear hear that in your opinion because I I'm curious I want to hear that but anyway enjoy the show <laughs> uh, I, if anybody's the queen of just getting dumb replies it's I think no it's de- I mean it's definitely you oh <laughs> I, I would say like I used to think that people deliberately like purposely misunderstood stuff that i tweet as a matter of fact like a friend of mine literally said like you are the most, most deliberately misunderstood person that i know on twitter but i was going to say like if it's not me it's definitely you because i'll see you say something like you are like the you are the person that the um, i like pancakes tweet was catered for because you will literally say something like i like pancakes and people will be like hey yo bitch you hate waffles is that what you're saying like i've never <laughs> Out of, like misconstrued and taken out of context as much as you have. Yeah, I I ended up I actually ended up deleting all of my tweets like that um, on Monday because it was just like people were going back to like 2017 and they were like just saying wild shit. They were pulling up tweets about like um, me dating a guy that was like five or six years younger than me that I met in a group on Facebook. It was just like ridiculous and part of it was because of how i responded to one of the comments that nike asked me what was the dumbest comment that i've seen i was arguing and i've been arguing with people about the use of the the use and misuse of the term rape culture and people were because people were like in the replies and they were saying they were starting to say that like him kicking her out was coercive and that it was tantamount to rape. And then they said that it was rape. Like him kicking her out of the room and not accommodating her after they fell out what? was rape. Yeah, that, yeah, that's, that's, and then I ended up, I was arguing over that too. And I think that also kind of like made things spiral. Yeah, that's that like guilt by free association thing again, where you can't like, and this is, this is where, um, I swear, Karthik, Karthik, put a pin in this one. We got to like uh, put together an essay on, uh, definition creep because this is exactly what happens rather than simply saying 
like a thing is a thing, you have to make it something else that's more dramatic. And then the thing that you started off with is automatically the thing that's more dramatic. So for example, you said that uh, him, you know, asking her to leave the hotel is coercive, which I mean, sure. If you put, if you put it to somebody that, Hey, listen, either we have sex, or you get out of, out of the hotel. Yeah, it's coercive. Maybe the proper thing to say is, okay, you know what? You should just leave. And that's it. But when you say that, when you say that him uh, kicking her out of the hotel is antimount to rape, and then you just say it basically is rape. Basically, you don't have the right to, I don't know, demand that somebody not be in your space. That's that's incredible. So we've gone full circle from drawing boundaries is a good thing to drawing boundaries can be essentially the same thing as rape if it's in the proper context. And it's like Rory talks about all the time that like almost every conversation that we have, regardless of what the topic is, will always redound to gender contradictions that are really like practically non-existent in the first place. And I think this is kind of the latest example. There's another um, angle I want to, sorry, go ahead, Karthik. Yeah, the conversation essentially does a 180, right? And that's kind of where like the thing that you're defining against actually becomes the definition itself. And like, uh, if for the sake of clarity, I mean, I just basically wanted to understand and I know that like uh, you're a scholar, Moses, so uh, can you, uh, for the purpose of the you know audience and then also for myself, like, uh, can you uh, get into what rape culture is and like essentially just uh, give some uh, groundwork uh, for w- before we start talking about where exactly this situation falls? So rape culture is basically like a, like a, like in a society where people feel like our attitudes and the way and everything, all these um, mechanisms and systemic oppression, like all of that stuff and has the effect of um, like normalizing sexual assault and abuse and violence and rape. Okay. So Essentially, the actions here, uh, if the actions made by this individual or either individual, like in in this case, like, would you be able to argue that one, I mean, like the guy, it's it's clearer that like, you know, some of these actions that he might have made are coercive uh, because asking somebody like threatening basically somebody's shelter when they don't have cash uh, and you kind of knew that and then like you're kicking them out. Um, on the condition that, like, if they don't have sex with you, then they're uh, out of place to stay. Then that's uh, arguably in the in the realm of like coercive and like um, you know e- expecting sex or like uh, having an aggressive attitude towards expecting sex. Uh, in this case, like, would the woman be in any uh, way seen as contributing to this rape culture? Just I'm just asking for the sake of clarification. I, I'm I'm not 100% sure on these terms, so I just wanted to get your thoughts. I don't think so, but like I just wanted to clarify too that we never actually throughout the video because I didn't I didn't actually see the video until like after I commented on other people's comments, if that makes sense. And so I saw the video and we actually never know we actually don't know people were like speculating and everything and I hadn't I didn't know that this speculation was coming from a video at first. I was seeing only the speculation because I was off Twitter the couple of days that it started. And then I just kind of hopped into the conversation without having full context. But in the video, she never, it's never clear whether or not she had money to go stay somewhere else. Even though people started talking about that, I, from watching the video, it's never clear. She's calling an Uber. 
it's never clear if she doesn't have anywhere else to stay. That was just apparently like some part of co the conversation that got convoluted, like we're playing telephone. And for people like me who hadn't seen the video at first, just basing off the conversation, it's a it was a lot going on. So the facts were like it seemingly invented so as to like possibly by third parties, not even the person who's uh, in the video, just to right. you know play the card that like they are more moralistic than uh, other people because they stand up for this uh, woman in the video uh, who is perceivably the victim uh, in a in a much more full throated way than everybody else. It's, it seems to be the case with any argument, right? Like on Twitter, like. Yeah, all that anybody wants to do is to show that like they bat for the little guy much harder than anybody else bats for the little guy and therefore they deserve a medal more followers etc that's kind of the uh general I think, vibe. A, I think it's a little bit less complicated than that and uh, me and rory talk about this all the time i think what happens is that like people just read their own personal like idiosyncrasies their own personal histories into it right so when they say, for example, you know, well, if she didn't have any money to stay elsewhere, but then left stranded, I think what they're saying is, well, if I was in that situation, I wouldn't have any money to go anywhere else. I would be stranded. Right. What her situations. So by by right. making it by reading their personal idiosyncrasies into it, and then adding a political valence, i.e., this is rape culture. Basically, like anything that anybody does that you personally agree with can be seen as politically good. Anything that anybody does that you personally disagree with is seen as like, like politically, uh, it, it's it's politically relevant, and it's also a social evil. Yeah, it's it's kind of like uh, if if I were to put myself in that situation, right? Like if I were to put myself in the guy's situation, then I would have already assumed that I have prepared like pretty much a detailed itinerary, which doesn't just involve like you know, obviously, if I was flying, my I already said that in the beginning. That if I was ever to fly somebody out, then that person is like literally my partner, like literally someone that I would like a fiance or something like that. Like, otherwise, I don't think I would even uh, I given the amount of money and resources that I have, I can't spend that kind of money on anybody. Uh, and I don't know if that's like going to reduce my potential uh, or like reduce my market value as a man in admitting to this. Uh, but I don't care because that's the truth. Uh, but uh, essentially. I put myself in the dude's position that I'm automatically thinking that like me, Karthik, with the kind of money that I have, I would only do this if it was perfectly discussed, which means that the woman in this case is like being deceptive or lying or like basically led me on uh, and like ruined the, uh, the whole trip because like she didn't agree to the plan that we already spoke about. And I could have made all of these assumptions and projected it onto the dude. And like suddenly the dude appears like a, a total martyr as opposed to another moron who basically didn't communicate properly. Um, and I I could have gotten carried away like this, I feel like, which is what you're saying other people are doing, right? Yeah, basically it's like a bunch of projection. And there was like a bunch of added context, sorry. Yeah, I live by an And by the way, uh, okay, two things. One, uh, I, I noticed that uh, Vinny wanted to uh, hop in with a comment. And uh, two, Michael, are you still there? Yeah. Okay, just want to make sure. The, the way I feel about it is, obviously, that that guy was out of pocket for getting so pissed off. Like, you did that to yourself, spending that 5K. Um it, it it doesn't even matter if you like had a conversation with them about like yeah we're definitely gonna have sex 
She has a right to change her mind any moment of, of that. She has a right to change her mind when they're naked, to be honest. And if he got taken, he got taken. That's his fault. He got caught slipping. Um, but as far as, like, that's also her fault if she went there without any money and he decides to kick her out of the hotel. He doesn't owe her shelter once he decides he, he's not comfortable with being in the same room with her. Because that's kind of messed up, too, even though he's an asshole. Uh, Vinny, you can go ahead. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. All right. After all the common sense answers that everybody's already given, uh, like, you know, they're both obviously at fault for being knuckleheads. Uh, on the on the joking side of it, like the uh, Denzel, Jamie Foxx sit down, when he says, you know, I'm leaving with something, I definitely would have hit a lick on her luggage on the low. <laughs> Not even on the low, on the high. <laughs> so, so gum, deodorant, drawers, something. I'm leaving with something. For sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's <laughs> and then I would have, and then I would have put that on blast, being funny, instead of coming <laughs> off like a crazy person. Yeah. So that's yeah, yeah. One thing I, I actually did want to get into in this conversation because I didn't just want to talk about the. Um, I didn't just want to. Oh, what's going on here? All right, guys. I didn't just want to talk about uh, uh, you know the, the whole flyout situation. I also wanted to talk about like how relationships become marketized this way, right? And I've, I think we've like kind of touched on it before on this show, uh, in that I don't think we really pay attention to how much dating apps have completely warped our brains with the way that that uh, dating and relationships works. But the same way that you can like hop on your phone and order items off of Amazon, people are are beginning to try and like custom tailor their sex lives using other people as if those people are just props or extras in their life narrative. And I, I found that it started to happen on Tinder when it, you, like it went from being able to like write or love swipe, which in and of itself was already beginning to like marketize um, sex and relationships. in the sense that like, you just, you simply look at somebody's profile. You didn't have like the, uh, the match.com. You didn't have the, the, uh, the match.com or the eHarmony um, uh, personality inventory that would try to match people with you according to, how your personalities would appear to gel based on the answers you gave to those questions. Or even OkCupid, where you would answer survey questions and you'd be able to see whether or not you're a good match based on your answers, not only your answers to those questions, but then where those answers put you on a political spectrum, on a personality spectrum, et cetera. And you can even have a look at, you know, where exactly you come out on some of these, um, on, on some of those uh, items on the spectrum. Tinder was just, do you like this person's face, yes or no? And you can have a creative profile, but your profile is secondary to your profile picture. So somebody would simply swipe right on you just according to, like, at first glance, are you attracted to this person? And if they happen to swipe back on you, if they happen to match with you, then you might actually take a look at their profile and then determine from there whether this is somebody that I would actually be interested in having any kind of a conversation with. But the first thing you did was look at what it is that they look like. And over the course of about a decade, people have essentially gamified this process 
down to a science almost where you you go you go into like subreddits where people are basically like giving you like tips and pointers as to how to do this but all of this is basically the same as like almost like like video gaming uh it's almost like uh i don't know if you remember like um uh game faqs from back in the day where if you had a video game that was particularly difficult um if you want to know like how to get past a certain level or how to get a high score or how to like find secrets you'd go to game faqs and find those secrets online and that's essentially what uh, many subreddits have become dedicated to. But all of this is like the combination of the worst elements of gamification, i.e. like using the Skinner box and market logics to try and bring somebody into your life as a sexual partner, potential romantic partner. But all of this is like basically just a checkout aisle. And when you start treating other people like that, I think this is the inevitable result of building relationships that way. I think like uh, what what is fascinating in all of this, like I was actually watching, uh, I've been on like an insane Shark Tank binge. Uh, I can't, can't stop watching it. I've actually like watched from the start to the finish almost. And like one of the episodes is uh, the the three, uh, t- the triplets. I was going to say three twins or more on. Uh, the triplets who uh, founded this dating app called Coffee Meets Bagel. And like there are a couple of dating apps that uh, actually show up as like pitches uh, on the show and what's what's fascinating is that like every single app is pitched at, from the point of view of safety for women angle um, and uh, secondly it's also pitched from the standpoint of like it, it really improves your match the algorithm and like the scientific questionnaire etc or like the process it's either uh, pitched from the angle of like it's going to improve your match and or or it's actually safer for women and what I find like really uh, f- kind of funny and uh, ironic in this uh, discourse and in this conversation is that like I, I really wonder, and I'm also from personal experience, I'm, I really wonder if it's like doing any of that at all. Like, is it is it actually a scientific match or is it just like a, it, an illusion of like a scientific match uh, that like kind of gives you this idea that like just because somebody answered uh, a set of like psycho uh, psychometric questionnaires a certain type of way because that's how they felt at that moment or whatever it's as it's it's as stupid as like saying that like someone who is like a a myers-briggs type is going to you know automatically be a a reasonable match for you or something like that and i i I think that that's questionable as well so uh in in a a way like trying to uh, make this process more scientific has actually taken away the 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 kind of on the one hand the beauty and the charm of like actually meeting somebody who surprises you at every turn as opposed to like uh, the the going in with the supposition that you've met somebody uh, really great and only being downhill from there because like a 94% match on a website is going to lead to like all kinds of like inconsistencies and uh, whatnot between the two of you. But on the other hand, you're also like left with uh, questioning the science behind like you're kind of like questioning yourself. Like is, is, is there like a, you know, a, a point to this at all, if like somebody who's a 94% or a 95% match for you is not really a match at the end of the day. So it's like, it's like, I, I wonder if like that leads to a lot of like self criticism and self reflection in the negative direction as well. Um, I wanted to talk about like the commodification aspect of dating sites and relationships in general and that you know we have to present ourselves in a certain kind of way as a commodity and this is what i was trying to kind of get into in my tweets when i was talking about how 
a lot of the conversation is framing it as though the woman is a dependent and as though the man is the provider. And like in a lot of other, in, a, in different parlance, it would be like a sponsor or a sugar daddy in a certain manner of speaking. And I don't know if y'all ever heard the, the, um, the song Flewed Out by City Girls. It kind of explains this. This is what I meant by like a common sense of what like is supposed to happen, but doesn't have to happen. There's like this connotation that is applied to being flewed out, that there's an exchange a sexual exchange or a trade or an exchange of goods and that the woman's beauty is a commodity and however much the man spends is how much is like it's giving her more and more value and the value for the you know stereotypical man and the you know the gender roles that we have for men and for women the value that he's giving is he's showing he has these resources he's showing he has money and he has money to spend and so it's kind of like you know, like someone said earlier, a flex in a certain kind of way to spend that sort of money. In my opinion, they were both like, they were both losers for how that turned out. If it was true that she didn't have money to go somewhere else. Cause again, that wasn't in the video. That was something that, that was context that people added. And that's what I had seen. But, you know, like for him is for me, it was just like, why would you post, why would you post this <laughs> for everybody? Just, I, don't, I don't know. I don't understand what the goal was. But as far as like commodifying, these are the sort of like different sorts of commodities that we're supposed to offer. And in this in this particular situation of being flued out, there's a context of trading these sorts of things that is like implied. Now, that doesn't mean that she has to, you know, hold up her end of the deal. But, the you know, it's like, you know, what feminists would call patriarchy. The patriarchal deal is that the man is the provider and the woman is the dependent. And in a sugar baby or a sexual social aspect of it you know that's what's expected but she has every right to say you know i don't want to do that it's just if she didn't have somewhere else to stay then it was like well why didn't you have a backup plan you know what i'm saying yeah no i i completely agree and understand my own my only thing is that um i don't i think that like this uh this final discourse is just the inevitable byproduct of that because there are many other like situations beyond you know, people being flowed out and ending up a jam. And I see it happen on a regular basis. I see people talking about like how much money that you're supposed to spend on a date, like the the dating discourse or the uh, the the, uh, the dating deal discourse comes around again like every like four to six weeks, and it's the exact same thing. And it's again, it's like well, the amount of money that you spend on me is indicative of how you're going to treat me in this relationship. So therefore, you should be prepared to spend two hundred dollars on this date. And every, I mean, it, it, it always like it, it, it rebounds. It'll be like $25, $50, $200, and then back down to $100. It's it's all over the place. But people are essentially trying to, they're playing the prices right and trying to find the correct market value as to how much is the correct amount to spend on a first date. As I, so it's almost like you've invented somebody in your head where they're supposed to accept a gift of X amount of dollars or they're supposed to offer a gift of X amount of dollars. And that's going to speak to their character. But again, it's like, this is how this benefits me as a person who's uh, in the marketplace for a romantic relationship. Rather, I mean, I'm almost at the point where I'm just like, man, fuck it, just go back to arranged marriages because you all have lost the plot. Because with all of this bullshit, with, like, with all of these like qualifiers on, basically it's like qualifiers that you put ahead of taking the risk to actually get to know somebody, like being vulnerable in front of, in front of somebody, like letting down your walls and your guards to like open yourself up to a romantic relationship. 
in order to do that, people have to essentially like go through this, like this gauntlet of dating, uh, these, these weird expectations that half the time aren't even like spoken out loud. And then by the time the person has actually jumped through all those hoops, it's like, eh, I'm sure if this is the person I want to be with anyway, almost at the point where it's like, man, you know what? Maybe there's something that like East Asian cultures or South Asian cultures, maybe there's something that like some African cultures know that the rest of us don't because they're not dealing with this shit. I mean, you go through all, you go through all this trouble and what was it? Like six out of 10 of these relationships um, if they end up in marriage, will end in divorce within the first five years anyway. So what is the point? It, it, this reminds me of like another video. I don't know if you saw this cue. Like this was this uh, woman who went on like three different dates on the same night or something like that. Like uh, where like in each of them, the dude was uh, supposed to have treated the treated the woman uh, as in like bought dinner, bought drinks or something like that. Um, and it's in, and then was like doing a TikTok video about how this is kind of like a, a strategy almost. It's like a plan. It's like a way of uh, figuring out who's a who's a good match and who's not. Um, and and essentially, like it, it kind of brings the question of uh, like I mean, yeah, somebody brought up the idea of speed dating. Uh, yeah, you know, like maybe that's that's a step up. I actually feel like maybe that's a step up from. Uh, swiping on an app because at least like you get to see the person and whatever like you get a sense of who the person is etc but even then like without the idea of like actually wanting to get to know a person as you said like what what kind of assessment is actually happening so I guess like the reduction of the reduction of time or like the reduction of exposure um, and the proliferation of like options has basically reduced the kind of interaction to just like a, a, a kind of trading cards level of, uh, you know, do you have X amount of this? Do you have, you know, how many, how many this do you have? How much this do you have? What job do you have? Et cetera, et cetera. Uh, the decision is not being made on anything else, I feel like. And um, I think like, yeah, I think that's that's kind of the, the, the to, to the detriment of like any kind of human relationship. Um, I don't think any of these people are actually trying to find companions. I don't think that that's the kind of vulnerability with which they're going into it to begin with. Uh, so in a way, it's kind of, I feel like we're doing the same thing where uh, in, in a sort of way, we're looking at this from, as people who are probably either interested in or like in relationships, in loving relationships uh, and, and looking at this and going, well, like if you can't find love in this sort of way, then what are you even doing? But that's kind of not the point itself of what they're trying to do. It, it seems like I don't think that, that that's what they're trying to do to begin with. So well, what kind I, of? I don't, I, I, I don't think I can even imagine the kind of life that they're uh, living or uh, trying to describe. Well, I don't, I don't think anybody's actually figured it out as a problem. Like nobody, nobody has an answer for any of this. We know, we all know that we're miserable, but none of us know how to fix it because we're just taking the cue of like apps and companies that have said, "Well, we have found the magic solution to you, getting you." A meaningful date and in the absence of that actually happening we're making up a bunch of ridiculous rules or guidelines around this um that don't not only not like don't seem to be working but have like turned us against each other in a way that i don't think i've seen before in my lifetime like and i'm not using twitter as a barometer either because i actually spend a lot less time on twitter now than i did even three four months ago last year etc it's it's stuff that's now escaped into the wild like i'm hearing it out in real life i'm hearing people talk about these like these uh, these dating hurdles that people people are supposed to get past in order to qualify themselves as date worthy and i hear this shit and i'm just like are you 
out of your fucking mind? Who would who would actually want to go through all that? And for the person that would be willing to go through all that, be with you. What what about you makes you the perfect candidate for them? You know what I mean? You know, this actually brings me to ask, like, how much of these kind of like island reality shows are actually influencing this type of behavior where like you drop like 15 people on an island and they're supposed to match each other and uh, you know ask each other questions and try not to fuck each other because like that's supposed to be the point of the show etc um and well, like love island is like love island is a it's like a bite upon mankind I, I feel like what we're going through now is like and penitence or allowing Love Island, even The Bachelor, but allowing these like this these uh, reality dating shows to be a thing, because the fact of the matter is like there there is nothing in real life, like in your actual life, that you can ever do to live up to the fantasy that's being like marketed and sold to you, not only on the apps but on television shows also, even like uh, you know Real Housewives, uh, the Real Housewives series, Love and Hip Hop, etc. You have people that will watch these shows and then use the I mean, highly edited and selective bullshit that they, uh, they, you know, they tweet out or they use for commercial content would track people to watch these shows and then try to ascribe the behavior that they're seeing on a highly produced, highly marketed television show, ascribe that to regular people like we had anything to do with any of that. Like, when it comes to, like, the Real housewife shit, I, I can't afford to be in the same area as these people. What the, what the fuck do I have to do with any of that? You know, never, like, oh, sorry, go ahead, Moses. Oh, yeah, I was gonna say, I've never seen any of these shows except for maybe like a handful of episodes of Love and Hip Hop and a handful of episodes of like Real Housewives. I think it's been a really long time since I've watched reality TV, so I never know what anybody is talking about, but it always yeah. pops up. There's all this dating, I think the dating discourse, though, I think it's a lot of these, you know, even the flute out, it's it's in the it's the conversations are like a, it's a negotiation, but it, for some reason it does always kind of turn around and lead right back to like the same gender roles that people are claiming to want to escape, which is frustrating. Yeah, well, everything that I love in hip hop, I've learned against my will and consent. Love and hip hop was actually really popular in prison. We used to watch that all the time. So I, I got yeah, used to that. One of my favorite well, shows. Hip hop in prison for. As a matter of fact, like I, w- I would go to prison to escape it. What are you watching it in prison? <laughs> I don't know, man. It, we all loved it. <clears throat> but, 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 yeah, like, a lot of drama. but, what is the takeaway yeah. from it? You know, like I, I've always like wondered. So, what do we, what do we get out of? It? Because, like, I feel like the the thing that happens to me when I watch these shows is like I get really mad. I get really angry. And uh, my kind of like my day is ruined and I have to like watch like two other things in order for me to get back on track, which means that I don't do anything else that day, I feel like. So uh, what what is the takeaway, Mike? Like as somebody who's like the most enlightened because you actually have uh, seen it and, you know, experienced it. It's just entertaining and all. I mean, I, I guess you got to enjoy loving chaos and enjoy loving drama that doesn't affect you. Because we're all used to drama in prison. We're all used to chaos in prison. So watching other people go through chaos and drama. Oh, man. You went quiet for a little bit. It's entertaining and without being, like, you know, malicious. Um, but, I mean, it's just entertainment. Because, like, 
you know, it's all subjective. Like, I don't, I, I, I've never seen like 99% of the Marvel movies. I think they all suck. Uh, I, I've never seen most of the DC movies. I think they all suck. Um, I do watch anime occasionally, mostly because I grew up on it and I only watch the, right now, the only anime I watch. Hold on, just, just one, just one second. Just one second. What, what the fuck is, dog? Okay. So our boy Banerjee just, uh, uh, put in chat. Have you seen Milf Manor? What the? What is Milf Manor? I I have not heard about this. Yo, there's this. Uh, uh, there's I don't know. If that's a show that's. I think there's a show that's going around, which is like about uh, where like a bunch of single moms and their kids are also there, and like you're supposed to guess who's who or some shit like that uh, with your eyes uh, blindfolded. Uh, and like they're supposed to touch the dudes and figure out who's the son and stuff like that. I don't know. The, I don't know if this was even a real thing, but there were like clips going on on Twitter, and uh, this, someone someone had posted like Freud would like to have a word with you, or something like that. Is that the show? Okay, that the show? Re- okay hold on, hold up. I'm reading a synopsis of this. This can't be right. Okay, uh, the middle-aged women are joined by men who are in their 20s with the women bringing their unique life experiences to the game, according to the show synopsis. But an even bigger plot twist that has left viewers quite frankly shocked is that the men in the show are actually the MILF's sons. That's in what a was, horrendously yeah. awkward plot twist, the mums and their sons all live in the house together in a bid to find love with others. Frankly, the show was pretty uncomfortable watch from the get-go as flirting and embarrassing reactions takes center stage. One particular joke was made about a mom and her son calling another young man daddy. Uh, the mom and son duos have to share a room in the house, meaning that if any lovemaking was to happen, that person would have to kick out the family member or navigate around them. What the fuck is this shit? Yo, this was literally a 30 Rock sketch. It was a 30, it was in 30 Rock season two. Like it was called Milf Island. And, oh my uh, God. Yeah, I just can't believe that. Like, they actually made this show. There's not a lot. There's not a lot that can actually shock me, but I'm like stupefied right now. So people watch this shit. I just, I, I don't know, man. You know, looks really weird. I, I say, I say, I say a lot. I say a lot. Like, I'm really glad that, like, I'm just off. Like, I'm off. I'm. Out, I'm out. I'm, I'm off the market. Like I'm just not out there anymore. You know what I mean? I'm, and I'm really glad because I, you know, I, I exited, I exited the market in what was it like 2015, early 2016, and that was like I, I, I had met my wife on Tinder, but that was before like super matches and all of that stuff, right? So I, I think I had been using Tinder since about 2000. I want to say 2013. And I met, I met my wife in 2016. That was it for me. I was done. I was like, all right, done. Check it out, right? Uh, any of this, like, like these, like, I don't know. Traditional heterosexual relationships, to me, are fucking toast. Like, I don't know how you all do it. I, I, I have no idea. I think, like, uh, we're, we're going to go back to the, the good old days of uh, friend in, friends introducing you to, like, someone in their peer group or some shit like that. Because like, and, and it's very, very similar to, you know, an arranged marriage, except like it's a version of, uh, uh, it's still within the Western individual uh, paradigm of like, oh, it's not your parents finding someone for you. It's like, uh, it's a friend uh, proxy for your parent, because like, uh, 
you don't have a good enough relationship with your uh, parent to begin with. Therefore, uh, you know, a friend has to take care of you, etc. Hook you up. Um, but I've, that's that's what I've heard. Like, I mean, like, kind of like you, uh, probably around the same time, like 2017, I met my girlfriend on Bumble, actually. Um, and it's so crazy that, like, it was one of those things where I don't even remember swiping. And so this, this was, like, weird when uh, we actually spoke about it later. Like, she had to ask, um, what made you swipe right on me? And like, I actually had to be completely honest and say I had no idea because I was like drunk one time and I don't even remember what I swiped right on or what I swiped left on. Um, and I was just like saying, this is what like generally what I was like doing. Um, and it just uh, just turned out to be a stroke of luck and uh, whatever, like, you know, we're, we're still going in that, uh, in that momentum. Uh, but otherwise, like, I don't know what the fuck I would do you know, if not for that completely happenstance thing that happened, uh, I don't know if, like, you know, I'm I'm, I'm still going to be in a position where uh, I I can't go on an app. I I hate like going on uh, going on these apps. Like, actually, shortly after I matched with my girlfriend, I deleted the app, and like, fortunately, by that time, I had gotten a number. Uh, but I haven't been on the app since. Um, not had to have like I mean I hadn't hadn't had to be on the app, but fortunately. But uh, it's just crazy that, like, I uh, I don't even know what the fuck I would do. And I'm 31 years old. I'm not, like, older than that. So I, technically, I'm supposed to be the demographic that's, like, on the apps. And I, don't, I feel like a, an old person. Yeah, I feel old on those apps, yeah. too. Plus, I'm used to, like, just meeting girls in person where I'm at. Like, well, either at a club, a bar... Or just out and about, um, like I met my like I met my wife at a club, um, and I guess it's okay to say this. We we went home together the first night, and um, that was pretty much the usual for me. <laughs> so, you know. I honestly thought like Tinder and stuff that was kind of a waste of time because it's like why go through all that trouble of like talking talking for days and days when you could just like go to a club, go to a bar, and just pick up a girl then then and there without doing all the extra work. I didn't. I, I think it's like one of the. I think it's one of those things where like you have to be um, you have to be like able to do the same kind of confidence in person that you do online, and I think that's why a lot of these apps ended up getting so popular is that, you know, you put them out into a real world situation where they have to like talk to somebody and be as like charismatic to that person uh, on their first meeting and be able to think quickly on their feet to get them, you know, at least even slightly interested in getting to know them better. And frankly, a lot of people don't really know how to do that. And you listen to a lot of these people online talk about dating and it's like, yeah, the reason that you're in this situation is not because of uh, the dating marketplace. It's not because of patriarchy. It's not because of uh, women and hypergamy. It's not none of that shit. Is that you? You're just kind of lame. Like <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm watching you tweet, and I'm like, I have no interest in hearing anything more that you have to say in person. Because I, so I can only imagine what it's like when you hit up a stranger in a public place. I'm gonna try and carry a conversation. I don't think it's gonna happen. Yeah, I think the, I think the biggest problem that most guys have. Is they're so afraid afraid of no, and it's like a no is just like it ain't that big of a deal. You ain't gonna see that person again. 
So like, yeah. just move on. You go talk yeah. to another girl, get another no. Just the oh, more you man. get no's, it ain't, it ain't going to be a big deal because you get no all the time. When you go look for jobs, do you stop looking for a job just because you get told no 10 times in a row? Yeah. Like you, you need my, love. My, old, co- like my old college roommate, my old college roommate, oh my God, dude, we took it like we used to call him Aquaman. Okay. Cause whenever he got the, like, whenever he got the liquid in him, he, he, he got superpowers. When he would go out drinking with us, this dude would hit up every woman in the bar. He just played the numbers game. He was basically like the guy on Tinder that just sat there and swipe right, swipe right, swipe right, swipe right. And then wait for somebody to swipe back on him and then chose from that list. That's essentially what he did. He played the game of numbers and it fucking worked. The guy, like, when he got rejected, he was like, all right, well, you know, you have yourself a good night and then just move on to the next one. I'm like, holy shit. Like, he treats this like he does, like, job interviews. It's insane. But the thing is, like, people have such a huge fear of rejection. And we, we talked about this in one of the early episodes when, um, um, one of our one of our friends uh, came by Maria uh, to ask some questions about a guy that uh, she was interested in, and she was just so afraid of "quote unquote" rejection. And what we had to say is like, there really is no such thing as rejection. They just said no to your offer. Doesn't mean anything about you. You have to make it mean anything about you, so you can just move on. But now people get so deep into their like emotions and dwell <clears throat> so much on the fact that somebody said no to them that it's almost like, listen, they said no to you. They didn't kill you. If you have ever made a telemarketing sales call, uh, if you've had to call a hundred numbers, uh, you know, and one go and like speak to a hundred people by the end of the day, um, uh, and you've had to like deal with, like, it's like the sorry to bother you thing. Like, you know, you, 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 you like kind of lose the ego. And I feel like in a kind of way, India trains you for that because like at every job, there's like a, a certain kind of portion where you're going to have to call. I mean, if you work in any kind of like marketing, uh capacity at all you're you're gonna do a lot of like direct uh, customer like calls and they like they'll unceremoniously hang up on you in the worst possible way um and i remember like i mean that's that's kind of what i channeled and in fact like uh, even in getting that job like i i used uh the idea of like you know uh dropping uh like whatever like being able to be resilient quote unquote uh, uh despite like being rejected by girls was like something that i actually said in the job interview that like that makes me that that like prepares me to deal with a lot of like rejection from clients uh and like not stop uh and like move on to the next person and still try to make the numbers etc uh so i guess like in a kind of way you know if you work in any capacity in sales uh or like you know if you try to even make one if a handful of telemarketing calls then you'll kind of understand the you get the hang of it yeah i got used to I, I, I got used to doing the, um, the numbers thing because of, um, I was a stripper. And so like, I'm just very used to like rejection. And I was always the one that kind of like sought out like my partners and everything. I always thought, I never thought people use Tinder for actual dating though. I, I only used it to have one night stands. So, and that was before I met my partner, my current partner. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if I want to be like, I'm going to keep it 100. That's exactly what I use Tinder for. Um, and then, yeah, that's what I use it for. I, I, but, <laughs> yeah. like, when I, but when, I, when, I met, when I met my, or now wife, but then girlfriend, like, when I met her, like, Hinge and Bumble weren't around back then. Like, Tinder and OkCupid were the only options you had. And then there was plenty of fish, which, I mean, if you want to wake up in a bathtub full of ice, you go ahead and use plenty of fish. But um, <laughs> your, your only real options were 
were were were Tinder and OkCupid. Okay That's what happened to me and her on was Tinder. But I mean, I guess now there's. Well, I, was gonna, I was gonna say there's also Hinge and Bumble. I was gonna say Grinder, but I'm gonna take that one off the list immediately because people are not going on Grinder looking for relationships. I mean, you can, but I think it's a it's a wasted effort. And and uh, uh, Wojo actually said something that I I think is kind of true. I don't know if it's like I don't know if it's like true in all cases, but I have heard Rory talk about this. And that's like we live in a world where people can dox you for any fucking reason. And people can just like put your face out there, put your like your DMs out there, put you on blast because you try to approach you try to approach someone and they didn't like it. They'll take a picture of you or even like take video while they're having a conversation with you and then put you out there. And I've seen this happen. Like I've seen people like put I've I've seen like dudes like just talking to people and they're not saying anything bad or uh like crossing boundaries or offensive or misogynist and they'll get put online for like appearing or sounding or appearing or sounding goofy to the person that they're DMing. But I get how like people can be a little bit reticent to go and approach other people in public. And I think also like the fact that we've just like got our phones out all the time, ready to record somebody else and post it on the internet, hoping to go viral. This actually happens a lot with like the, the TikTok gym videos, which I, I do want to talk about in a different episode, but people will, for example, like park their tripod up in front of like the, uh, the dumbbell rack and just record people's reactions to them and then try to make them out to be creeps. So if they'll do that in a space where it should be commonly understood that, yeah, people are going to look in your direction and it's a communal space, not your own private space. I can kind of understand why people will be reticent to go up and, and approach a stranger um, because nobody wants to be tomorrow's main character. Yeah, but you, I mean, you have to like, like if you. This is like a part of the reason, like a lot of people are so lonely, is because they don't want to approach a stranger. But you're approaching a stranger on Tinder. You're approaching a stranger online. You're approaching a stranger on Twitter. Like, it makes it easier because you're not face to face. But you got to get over that because there really is no difference. Like it's the same thoughts in your head, regardless of whether you're on the internet or face to face, you're the same person, no matter what. As far as like confidence goes, you don't necessarily have to be confident to like attract a woman. Like I wasn't confident in terms of, yeah, I was confident in terms of I am my girl when I first met her, but I wasn't confident in terms of our actual conversation. Most of, most of our that hour before we, I, we we went back to my apartment was me talking about all my all my depression, all my anxiety issues, all the shit I did I went through growing up, uh, and the fact that I had just uh, reported a child molestation case and it and it fell through, and the police were not able to you know arrest this this 13 year old kid that was molesting a five year old girl. And it was like really torn, tearing me up on it. And I, I, I initially just went out just to get drunk. To All right, like, hey, bro, what? Whoa, 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 whoa. You, you can't just like roll right over that as if it's a matter of fact conversation. What are you talking about? All right. So like the first night that I moved into my apartment in town, uh, I met this woman who was babysitting this girl who happened to be the great uh, niece of my landlord. 
And she told me that the girl had told her that um, this kid who was like 13 year old boy had been touching her. And when she asked, where do you, where do you touch her? She pointed at her groin area. And for like about a few hours, I kept, I kept imploring this woman, Hey, you need to go to the police. You need to report this, you know, this girl's getting molested and stuff. And she wouldn't do it because, you know, her family's from that, from that, uh, village. And there's some power, power dynamics involved in that. And so I ended up having to tell the father, um, the father's not mentally there. Uh, so his, his, it's his mother that takes care of the kid in the village. And, you know, he called the mother, the mother didn't want to, the, the mother says she'll ha- handle it. When I talked to her the next morning, she basically snapped at me, flashed on me and basically said, you have no evidence. You have no proof. We're not going to do anything. And then I told her, I basically said like, you know what? Fuck you, bitch. I'm going straight to the cops right now. And I went to the police. I filed a report. I'd already talked to my uncle was the head of state here and all to get his advice. And, you know, I included him in the police report and, you know, I filed the report, but there's only one sexual assault investigator at the police station in Samoa. And they have a lot of cases they got to deal with. So they didn't actually start interviewing people till three weeks after the, the report was made. And by that time, everybody had changed their story, including the babysitter. Babysitter lied and said she never told me that the girls said that she got touched in her groin. She said she said that the girl told her that she got hit in the in the arm, even though I got a, a text message from the boy's priest saying that he apologized for it and he's not going to do it again. He never said he apologized for hitting the boy. I've been hitting the girl. He, he just said, you know, implication was he apologized for, for touching the girl inappropriately. Uh, and even the, the constable who happens to be from my family's village, he even said like, he believes the boy was guilty, but they can't do anything about it. If the family of the victim ain't even trying to like press charges against the boy. They wanted to handle it within the village where basically if it happens again, they will just kick the family out. And then they're hoping the family will keep, you know, keep watch of this boy. And I was at the police station every day for like three weeks, pushing them, pushing them, pushing them. I mean, it's only like five minutes away from my my apartment. And that day that I met my wife was the day when I, when I, had a talk with the constable and he said the the case was closed and nothing else was going to happen. And I was telling him, I'm like, but the boy has like four younger siblings that he's around 24 seven. What's going to happen to them? What about other victims and stuff that in the future? Cause you know, I'm a child molesting victim. I I got molested when I was five years old. And, um, so that was basically my, my first conversation with my wife at a club (laughs) Uh, God damn, bro! That that was your first conversation with her. Yeah, and and Holy it resonated smoke. with her because she went yeah. home with me an hour later. Um, and that is like the that is the wildest pickup story I've ever heard in my life. 
it really wasn't even a pickup story because we made plans to um to go to the movies the next day and then i just told her i'm like you want to get out of here and just go talk outside at the pier and uh it just it just kind of just spewed out and you know she was very she's very like attentive to the situation you know she let me vent and you know we lost track of her cousins and her friends who she came with and mm. when um when i thought we were about to i was about to drop her off with her cousins and her friends she goes up to them comes back to me and she's like my cousin said that i can go, i can go ahead go home with you and that was that and then, you know uh, now we have four kids yeah, uh, no, that's a pretty interesting story. I mean, uh, good on you in the first place. But I mean, these, these are the kind of stories that you like. You just don't really have, uh, you know, it, these dating apps. Like, imagine, imagine you're you're like you're telling your kids a story about how you met, and it's like, yeah, you know, I flew your mom out to Cabo one time. And it's like, bro, like, seriously, <laughs> <laughs> how, how are you going to tell your kids and your grandkids? That's how you, uh, anyway. But like uh, a conversation so needs to right. needs. So yeah, go ahead, Q. I was going to say, we, we are coming up on 90 minutes, so we should probably uh, uh, wrap up pretty soon. But I, I was going to ask one question, which a friend of the troll, Maddie, um, wanted to know from us, which was, uh, uh, for the uh, for the members on the panel, uh, Kartik, Michael, and Moses, uh, in the 2024 election, and you have a choice between Kanye West and Donald Trump, who would you vote for? I mean, I I can like cop out and say that like I don't have a vote in the United States, so I can just like. No, 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 no. You have citizen, you have full citizenship, and you have to you have to choose. You can't choose nobody. You have full citizenship. You're able to vote, and you've only got the choice of Donald Trump and Kanye West. Go. I'm going with Kanye because I love his music, and I don't. Have yeah, yeah. Arctic doesn't have an excuse to use that. So yeah, uh, I I spoke over you. You want to repeat what you just said? Like I don't know if you caught the. We said that you'd uh, vote for Kanye. But... No, I, I don't have a vote either because I'm I'm a two time felon, federal and state. Oh nice. But for Kanye, just based on his music, I don't know what type of music Trump makes, but I imagine it's shitty. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, like I think I think uh, it, on the on the grounds that I would I would consider everything that Kanye West has done or said. Uh, to be part of an elaborate performance, I don't really take uh, any of that. Like, let's say at, at face value, then that would be my kind of. I, I mean, you can't say the same for Trump because, like, Trump is actually uh, in in office, said stuff and done stuff that that'll uh, you know attest to the fact that like he's at least sympathetic, uh, if not like fully collaborated with uh, Nazis and stuff like that. So then, like on the on that note, I guess like Kanye West would be the. Uh, even the more uh, appropriate choice. Uh, I'm gonna. I mean, you are kind of right. Uh, Donald Trump did not make my beautiful dark twisted fantasy, so I, I can see that line of thinking. But did Kanye West ever say that Barney Trump looked a goddamn embarrassment with his nipples throwing through, showing through that blue shirt? <laughs> oh, he did not. Did. <laughs> I'm sorry, but like Donald Trump has some absolute bangers. Um, I think I'm gonna have to go with Trump on this one. Oh, 
What do you what do you say? Is it Donald Trump or Kanye West? Oh, that's what you were asking. I didn't hear the question. Like, oh yeah, the the question is, who would you vote for, Donald Trump or Kanye West? Oh my God, this is so hard. (laughs) (laughs) One 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 thing I'm going to say, okay, Donald Trump did not get America into any any new wars during his whole four years. You know, Joe, Joe Biden was in office for less than a year and, or just over a year's time and he got America into a new war, a proxy war with Russia. All because like pe- people couldn't stand the fact that Hillary Clinton lost an election, big loser, very sad, very sad. So I'm going to, I'm going to have to go with Donald Trump. I think. <laughs> I don't know. Like Kanye seems very all over the place, very unstable. So, but we've already seen what Trump can do. So it's just like really hard. I'd probably abstain if I could, if it was a real vote. No, you can't abstain. You got to choose one. I'm going to, no, I said if it was a, if it was a real vote, I would, but I'm going to have to go with Trump. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I believe that Donald Trump, Donald Trump is the last, he's the last good comedian left in America because everybody gets canceled so quickly. (laughs) You can't, you can't even say anything. These woke warriors. Or out here looking to cancel people, okay? It's very <laughs> sad. The state of comedy in America is terrible. Worst it's ever been. I think under a new Donald Trump presidency, he will bring not only America back, he'll make America great again, he'll build the wall, he'll build the wall, and he'll make comedy good again, too. That's what I think. No, but I mean, um, like, you, you, didn't think, <laughs> you didn't think that the prop comedy that he did with <laughs> Net and a you who was funny. I thought that I couldn't help but like I couldn't help but like keep dragging up at that man. I was like, wow, yeah. that's like that's a way in which he said it's like I just heard of, heard of his name heard his name was Netanyahu and like it's the Net and a you who I was like, yeah. wow, that's like the, that's like the level of humor that I think I have. But uh, no, but no, I mean, no, like no, of no, course, no. then he went on to say a whole bunch of shit that I can't get behind that. Other than he'll get, to, uh, he'll get to the bottom. He'll get to the bottom of Jeffrey Epstein's murder. He'll make sure that Hunter Biden goes to jail. He'll end the war in Ukraine, and he he's going to end global warming. I think. I think he, I think he'll end global warming. So I, I'll have to go with Donald Trump myself. Good man, very great president. Probably the best Ameri- best president that America's ever had, in my opinion. I mean, that's Anyhow, a- um, oh. I think I, I think I think Donald Trump is like the best encapsulation of like the Donald Trump presidency was America's I think first true presidency like that was ripping the veil off of what the American presidency actually is and frankly yeah. I hope he runs again and gets, and gets I hope he runs again and gets like six terms to be honest. Also, um, not, <laughs> not only that, like it educated people about the limitations of the presidential powers because he wasn't able to do a lot of the stuff that he wanted to do. Not only because the Democrats wouldn't let him do it, but his own party wouldn't let him do it. And yeah. I don't think a lot of Americans, especially like Generation Z and Millennials and even Boomers, understood like how limited presidential powers are if they don't have the backing of everybody in their party. Which I think, I mean, I don't want to get too deep into politics right as we're about to sign off, but I think the powers of the president sort of like expand and contract based on who's in office in that particular term. But we can we can get into that another time. I, I do want to make sure that we respect everyone's time here and uh, and log off at, uh, at around 11 p.m. 
But I just want to give a, a quick thanks to who here our, our blew someone out. <laughs> who here has flew someone out for a sec? Be honest. Who here is what? As well? Who here has flew someone out for sex? Be honest. I have. I. You have flown somebody out, Moses. Yeah, a couple of times when I had. Oh my real god. G shit, Moses. Oh my real god. Real G shit. Oh my goodness. I have never failed. So. Okay. I flew That's home. the only way. That's the only Not way you gotta do it. If you, if you did it any other way, there's someone to record a video. Yeah, I gotta say, like I've I've never flown somebody. Yet. Now I have driven insane distances for it, which I'm not proud of. But like, I, I at this at this moment in time, I will put so little effort. Um, it's it's actually a little bit. It's like low key embarrassing. I'm sorry, but I just you know shout out to my wife and everything for putting up with my shit because like she knows that. I mean, I, I can be a romantic person, but like like putting yourself out of like life and limb. For sex, it's it's just such a foreign concept to me. I think once you're past the age of about like 25, you shouldn't be doing drastic things for sex. You know? Yeah, because you could just lie. Lying is a lot faster than doing all that other shit. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes, sometimes, sometimes it's about the adventure. I'll be honest. So let me just tell a story real quick. Me and my old roommate, right. when we lived in West Hollywood, we used to play this game where we would both hit up the same girl from high school off of Facebook, and we would see who could pull her. And we'd be talking to her at the same time, and she didn't really know that we were living together. And it was a, it was an interesting game. You know, sometimes he won, sometimes I won. Um, but, yeah, it was a – we were assholes in, in our 20s. I was on a lot of drugs, so I'm going to blame that. And he was on a lot of drugs, so I'm, so yeah, I'm going to blame that for him, too. But, yeah, my 20s were pretty fun, actually. But I do enjoy my 30s more because, you know, I love my kids, and kids are a blessing. Yeah. I, we, we, I'm not going to get into my stories in this episode because we got to sign off, but definitely in a future episode, we're going we're gonna to have some conversations about my 20s, which were wild as hell. I, I, worked, I worked nightclubs in my 20s, so I got some stories. But uh, yeah, real quick, I just oh, want to give a thanks, yeah, give thanks to our, our, our guest Moses. Uh, I want to thank uh, uh, Michael and Bartik for, uh, for showing up once again, and to all the uh, the uh, the callers, the audience members. Thank you very much for coming through. Our next episode is going to be on Thursday evening at nine fifteen p.m. Eastern time. Uh, we'll see you here at the exact same time. And to support the show, uh, please tell your friends, tell everybody about this show, tell everybody that you know. Uh, because the more people that we uh, have in the other uh, room, the longer the show can stick around. So uh, thank you very much, and we will see you all again next time. Peace. Tell them we'll fly people up.